Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. Looks like cleanup on aisle four. Well, it's about time you got here. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. I'm recording this during the first week of December. We often talk about Christmas and Christmas decorations and Christmas specials during this week. Heck, we've been talking about Christmas since basically September. Thanks to all the advertising, we don't really have a choice, do we? But we are making a choice this week. I'm making a conscious choice. I'm not talking about Christmas so much this week, but I am talking about year-end stuff. That's the other thing that happens around December. You feel the year is wrapping up and you start thinking about what did you do this year? What do you have to get done this year? Can I get 11 months worth of stuff done in the following month? You know that resolution you made back in January to clean out the attic? Well, it's December now. Did you get it done? You got three weeks left. But that's what we do. We wrap things up in December. It's not like the end of the year means anything ends. It's that concept of time that we have. It's like the beginning of the year marks the beginning of something new, and the end of the year marks the ending of something that we've just completed. But you know what? And we all ignore the fact that there's really no difference between what we're doing on December 31st and what we're doing on January 1st, unless it's recovering from a hangover from a New Year's Eve party. But aside from that, the end of the year and the beginning of the year don't really matter, but we make it matter in our heads. That's the way we humans are. We calculate things based on time. We have this view of time. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end, and we're coming to the end of another year. And I'm no different. I think about the year-end things just like you do. And that's why we're doing this episode today. I'm talking about year-end things. One of the year-end things I'm thinking about is the podcast and the future of Storytime. Don't worry, Storytime's not going anywhere. But I am going to modify Storytime for next season. That'll be season seven. Yes, there are going to be some changes, and I will tell you about them at the end of this episode. Yes, that's my teaser. You have to stay tuned now. But the other year-end stuff that I want to talk about, and the stuff that I think about, is along the lines of, what did I accomplish this year? What did I want to accomplish? What did I intend to accomplish? And how close did I come to my goals? As you probably know, and in case you don't know, I did take early retirement now two years ago. I'm wrapping up my second year of being retired, of not working. And let me tell you, I'm enjoying the heck out of it. I had to sit here for a minute and think, is it two years? When did I stop working? Yeah, I think it's two years. But that's the thing about retirement. The time, the concept of time that I was talking about at the beginning, it kind of loses meaning as you retire and don't have any obligations. And let me tell you, I'm fully retired. I'm not working. I'm not doing part-time work. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't things that I feel that I have to do. There's a certain amount of cleaning and organizing and household things that I know need to be done. So I'm doing those kind of projects. But that's my own stuff at my own personal pace, doing stuff that I feel like doing. One of the things that Mrs. Gamer Dude and I talked about was if I do take this early retirement, I'm going to do all the cooking, which I do now. I do all the cooking for the house. Every once in a while, Mrs. Gamer Dude wants to step in and do a little cooking, and I have no problem with that. But I said, hey, our deal is if I'm home, I'll cook, and I do that. And I actually love it. I enjoy it. And quite honestly, so does she. She doesn't have to do it. Not that she had to do it before. We kind of traded off. But with me home all of the time now, it's one less thing for her to have to worry about at home. And I'm fine with that. But I'm getting sidetracked here. Let me get back to my point. It was three years ago that I first started thinking about the possibility of taking early retirement. Actually, it was four years ago, now that I do the math, because it was before COVID that I really started crunching numbers and seeing what I could do. And that was 2019. And I sat down with Mrs. Gamer Dude back then. 
And I said, oh, you know, we might be able to pull this off. And we had a preliminary discussion way back then. And I talked to my boss back then and I said, you know, this is a possibility. And the reason that I had that conversation with Mrs. Gamerdude and with my boss is because I was starting to feel burnout, like burnout that I couldn't recover from. I was still doing my job, don't get me wrong. I always did my job to the best of my ability with all of my effort. And I enjoyed doing my job. But I was getting to the point where it was harder for me to recover from rough days. I was getting to the point where it was harder to focus on doing things. I had to concentrate really, really hard to get into the stuff that I had to do. I was able to motivate myself to do the job. It was just harder to do that. And honestly, after years of practicing, after years of appearing in court, after years of dealing with judges and expert witnesses and so on and so forth, I was getting very disillusioned with the way the system worked or didn't work more precisely. I'll save a rant about the system for another episode, but suffice it to say that one of the motivating factors for me was getting frustrated with the way the system didn't work. I went into the practice of law, expecting truth, justice in the American way. Oh yeah, the facts line up for my side, I win. Oh, the law lines up for their side, they win. It's not like that. It's a lot more complicated than that. And I got through literally decades of dealing with that. But you get tired. You get tired of dealing with that. You really, really do. One of the things that really, really got to me was my last appearance in front of the Supreme Court of the state of New Jersey. Yeah, I was there several times. And the last one was just, I guess, a gut punch is the best way to put it. It was a gut punch because I lost for no reason other than the Supreme Court didn't want to deal with the issue that I brought before them. I knew I was right on the facts. I knew I was right on the law. And the Supreme Court basically punted it. We had an oral argument. I argued in front of the court. I had spent weeks preparing a brief. I had spent days preparing my oral argument. I went before the court. We had the argument. I explained my position. The other side didn't do nearly as well. Their brief wasn't nearly as good. And I'm not going to bore you with the details because it's a very complicated legal slash factual issue. And it's a lot of inside baseball stuff involving attorneys who buy accounts and have basically created a cottage industry of fee generation for themselves, to which I objected based on what my client wanted to do and which I was entirely correct on. I don't usually say that so definitively because there's always nuance in the law. This isn't a nuanced thing. This was a political football, and I should have known better. I should have known better when I went in. It was a political question as much as a factual and legal question, but I had convinced myself that the Supreme Court isn't going to let politics get involved. It's not going to worry about whose ox is being gored, so to speak. That's an old phrase. You can look it up. They'll look at the facts, they'll look at the law, and they'll come to the right decision. (laughs) Except they didn't. Now, that was 2019. And that kind of put me on a little bit of a downhill spiral at the beginning of 2019. And it didn't get better throughout the year. So at the end of 2019, that's when I first started considering early retirement. That was the end of the year. That was one of those December rolls around. You start thinking about where you are, where you want to be. What did your year look like? Where did you expect to go? Where do you expect to wind up? And I was very, very disappointed because I'd put in some good work, not just with the Supreme Court thing. I was in court every day. I was negotiating cases. That's what I did every day. The Supreme Court things, they come up once in a while. And this was one of those opportunities where, oh, yeah, I love proving myself right in front of the highest court in the state, except they wouldn't deal with the question. They said, yeah, no, the appellate division had it right. And they didn't explain anything. They didn't explain why. They didn't explain why they rejected my arguments. They didn't have any legal basis for doing so. They didn't have any legal basis for affirming something that shouldn't have been affirmed. But they did. 
So that's why in 2019, at the end of 2019, I started thinking about early retirement. One of the many reasons, but that was not a small one. It just kind of cemented what I'd seen for years and years. The law and the facts don't necessarily matter. I know, I was shocked too. But then COVID hit, we started working remotely, the dynamics of my job changed, the dynamics of what we did changed. I still told my boss, you know, I'm still considering early retirement, I'll let you know. Between the disillusionment that I felt and the having to go back to work during the middle of a pandemic, and with no set plan for the courts or for my job on how people were going to be treated in the middle of a pandemic, and with all of the businesses pretending the pandemic was over, all of that weighed heavily on my mind and factored into my decision. And again, it was an end-of-the-year decision for me. I took stock at the end of 2019. Then, after almost a year's worth of COVID, at the end of 2020, I took stock again, and I told my boss, I'll let you know in six months. I left the door a little bit open in case I had a change of heart, but the way things went in early 2021, I didn't. And in the middle of 2021, I let my boss know. And so at the end of 2021, that's when we pulled the plug. One of the things that I've done since then is try to find out what I really want to do. After literally decades of hard work and long hours, I've earned a lot of free time, in my opinion. Some people can't stop working. I didn't have that problem. I stopped working, I stopped practicing law, I stopped reading articles, I stopped keeping up on CLE, continuing legal education. I stopped it all. I advise the Supreme Court of the state of New Jersey. I am a retired attorney. I no longer practice, and so I don't have to keep up my license, and I don't. But what do I do? What do I want to do? I spent a year trying to figure that out. I've played some video games, I've written some short articles, I've spent time online, I've done some reading, not as much as I thought that I was going to. That's one of the things that I've discovered. Having spent so many years reading, 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 there's a lot of reading in the law. The love that I used to have for reading before I became a lawyer, it hasn't come back yet. I'm hopeful that it does because I have a lot of books lined up that I really want to read. But I remember years ago, I would sit down and just sit and read. I'd spend an afternoon reading. I'd spend an evening reading. I would stay up late trying to finish a book. My desire to read just hasn't returned. I still write. I actually like writing. And I like reading my own writing and editing my own writing. And I'm doing that. I love doing the reading and the writing and the research for the podcast. That's one of the reasons that I keep doing it. Because I enjoy doing it. I thought for a while about going to flea markets, not just as a purchaser, but as a seller. There's a flea market not too far from us. We got a vendor's license over there. And Mrs. Gamerdude and I went back in the summer of 2022. We set up a stand and we took a whole bunch of stuff that we'd accumulated over the years. And we did all right. We sold a bunch of stuff. We didn't sell everything. You never do. But we sold a bunch of stuff. And it was fun and we had a good time and we got to sit together and spend the day together. And we saw a lot of people. We were out in the sun. It was fresh air. It was nice. It was fine. But I didn't get a big thrill out of it. I thought that I would enjoy it more than I did. It was fine. I know there's people who do that every single week. I've been to those things for years and I recognize vendors. There are people who do that all of the time. That's what they love to do. The one thing I discovered, I didn't love to do that. One of the other things that I tried was doing eBay sales. That was fine. I enjoy that. I know there are people who have hundreds of items up on eBay. I put up like five or six at a time and I get bored and I get tired. It takes up too much time. You never know if you're going to sell something, whether it's on eBay or Etsy or wherever you're trying. It's fine. I'm getting rid of some stuff. I'm still doing that. That's easier to do and more enjoyable to me than sitting out at a flea market on a Saturday afternoon or a Tuesday afternoon or whatever day your place goes. They all have different main days other than the weekends. Some have Tuesday, some have Wednesday, some have Thursday. But no matter what day it is, I decided, yeah, I don't really want to sit out here all day. 
I'd rather go do something else. I'd rather sleep in. One of the other things that I found myself doing is taking a hard look at stuff that I've accumulated over the years. That's one of the things that I noticed about myself is I tend to hold on to things. I tend to hold on to things a lot. I get that from my mom. I get that from my dad. And I know that. Mrs. Gamerdude recognizes it. She hasn't called me out on it yet because I keep the stuff that I accumulate mostly organized. But I've noticed that I have a whole bunch of stuff that I just, I got to get rid of it. I'm starting with the obvious stuff, stuff that I'd saved for my parents. This is one of those things that you kind of have to do. It's not something that I want to do. It's just something that I have to do. I literally have boxes of stuff in the basement and in the storage facility that we have. Yes, we have so much stuff. We have an extra storage facility. We pay additional money every month to rent a storage space because we have so much stuff it doesn't fit in the basement. Yes, I know we're not the only ones, but isn't it kind of goofy that we have so much stuff we have to rent space to store it? That's my ultimate goal is to get out of this place that we're in and find a house where we don't have to rent storage space. We can just put it in a shed or in the attic or in a barn. I don't care if we buy a farmhouse with a barn as long as I don't have to pay for storage anymore. I've been paying for storage for 20 years. It's ridiculous. But that's beside the point. But one of my long-term projects, which is finally getting close to completion, is to go through these boxes of my parents' stuff and get rid of it. I mean, my mom died 15 years ago. My dad died 17 years ago. I've had this stuff sitting in storage for nearly two decades. I really need to get rid of it. So that's one of my retirement projects, going through the stuff and getting rid of the stuff that needs to be gotten rid of. Is it a fun project? No, but it's one of those things that you got to do. You just got to do it. I have a bin sitting over in the storage facility that I know exactly where it is. And it's all papers and mementos from when I was in college. What the hell am I going to do with that? I don't need those papers. I don't need those mementos. I look at it and I go, yep, I remember that. And I guess it's okay to hold on to that. I guess. But it's just taking up space. And it's not like I go look at it and have fond memories or bad memories. It's just like, oh yeah, yep, I remember that. I'm thinking I'm just going to go through the bin, take pictures of everything, and then toss the stuff, right? If I take pictures of it, then I can at least go back and look at the pictures and go, oh yeah, I remember that. And by doing that, I don't have to take up storage space. I just have to save the pictures somewhere, right? But that takes time. That takes time to do, too. But that's one of the things that's on my list of things that I have to do. That's going to go on my year-end to-do list for next year. That's what the end of the year is good for. This artificial concept of time that we have. We use the end of the year, as I said, to evaluate what we've accomplished and what we still have to accomplish. We can check off the things that we did on our 2023 to-do list and then move the stuff to the 2024 to-do list that didn't get checked off. Or we make our 2024 list based on what we don't want to do anymore or what we don't want to keep anymore or what we'd like to try somewhere down the road that we didn't do, that we didn't complete, or that we discovered we want to do in 2023. Does all that make sense? It made sense when I was thinking it. Whether I articulated it correctly, I hope you get my point. But that's what humans do. We have this concept of time. We have this construct that we have. The year from January 1st to December 31st. We use that to accomplish whatever. And then as the days wind down at the end of the year, we re-evaluate. We look at what our list was. Even if we don't have a written list, we have a mental list somewhere. Back in the back of your head, you have a list of the things that you were going to do. And as December 15th and 16th and 17th roll around, two weeks to go to the end of the year, we start going, okay. This isn't going to get done. I'm moving that to next year. I'll get that done early next year. Or I can't wait to try this next summer. Or next fall, we're going to do this. But that's what we do. That's what we do. I have my list ready for 2024. Not everything. 
But by the end of 2023, I expect to have a certain number of boxes cleaned out, a certain number of spaces cleaned out, a certain number of things discarded and thrown away, never to be worried about again. And for 2024, I have in mind what I want to do about moving things around, and I'm planning on doing that. That's how I'm making my to-do list for 2024. As long as I'm talking about the to-do list for 2024, the podcast is on the to-do list. We will be doing the podcast. A Season 7 will be occurring in 2024. There is a but. I am going to cut it back a little bit. I've been doing a new episode every single week for six years. All right, maybe not a new episode. There have been some repeats, some best ofs, some remasters, but not that many. I've done basically 300 new episodes of this podcast over the past six years. That's a lot of stories. And I don't mind telling them. I love telling the stories. The thing I don't want to do, I don't want to repeat myself. I don't mind retelling a story. Obviously, as you can tell from having listened all this time, I retell stories quite a bit. I try to put a fresh spin on them. I try to make them interesting. If I do a best of, I try to explain the context of when I did the first episode. Some of the best of episodes are just things that I really enjoyed, the stories that I loved telling. And sometimes they come out just right the first time you tell them and you don't want to tell it again. But the thing that I've discovered, and I discovered this doing last week's episode, the thing that I've discovered is some of the stories that I want to tell, some of the episodes that I want to do, I realize I've already done that episode. So I don't want to get caught repeating myself because then you'll have no reason to stick around. Oh yeah, I heard that one already. So what I think I'm going to do for 2024, for season seven of Storytime, is I'm going to do the episodes once every other week. I'll probably do two episodes a month. If the spirit moves me, if something happens, I'll throw in a bonus episode here and there. But the plan at this point is to do two episodes a month next year. It's not that I don't want to keep doing it. I just don't want to bore you. And I don't want to repeat myself. I want to keep the stories fresh and interesting. I want to keep you interested. And I also want to take the time to get it right. You would think as a retired guy, I have all the time in the world to do this. It turns out I fill my days. So I'm trying to balance all of the stuff that I'm trying to get done, all of the stuff that I want to do, and at the same time, try to keep this interesting for you and interesting for me. So don't worry, story time is going to be here in 2024. Just a slightly cut back format with a couple of fewer episodes every month. I hope you'll stick around for them because I love doing them and I really do appreciate you being here to listen to all of them. So thank you and I look forward to doing more next year. We still have a couple of weeks before Christmas, so we will do some more Christmas episodes this year. As always, I'll try to keep it interesting for you, and I hope you'll take the time to give a listen to what we have coming up for the next couple of weeks. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for being a part of things. As always, I appreciate your support, and I appreciate you taking the time to be here. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.